You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. With over 8,000 threat hunters analyzing over 65 trillion signals daily, Microsoft works tirelessly with the federal government to keep our nation's data secure. This 30-plus-year partnership is driving mission innovation that is secure by design. Whether optimizing your existing defenses or tackling advanced threats with AI, Microsoft gives you the intelligence and the automation you need to defend at mission scale. Let's work together to stay ahead of emerging threats and secure your mission anywhere. Learn more at aka.ms slash fedcyber. That's aka.ms slash fedcyber. Hi, I am Jennifer Reed. And I am a Principal Solutions Architect at Amazon Web Services. When I was in the second grade, uh, we had a career day and I wanted to be President of the United States. Uh, I remember getting my dad's briefcase and trying to dress up fancy and the reason was, was that uh, I really wanted to help people and make things better. So later I found out that isn't always what the president gets to do. It's much more complicated than that. Uh, And then from that, uh, you know, when I went out of uh, high school, I actually joined the Marine Corps, you know, which kind of helps people to protect the country. And with that, I learned how to program and got my first exposure to security. A couple weeks after I graduated uh, high school, went right into Marine Corps training at Paris Island. The shocking part is it was when I got out into the fleet at every single place that I went, I was the only woman, uh, became very, very challenging because that often had baggage associated with it, where there might have been someone before you who had gotten away with something that they wanted to make sure that you wouldn't. So you're often punished because of the actions of someone else other than you because you're just kind of categorized as well, you're a woman, so I'm going to punish you because I couldn't punish that other person who got away with something. So that was a little challenging. And at the same time, I'm a person that really loves the technology. So I really you know, loved learning how to troubleshoot things and figuring out how software worked, regardless of if it was something I was formerly trained to do. And that's where I spend a lot of my time because there was a lot of evolution from the late 90s uh, moving forward into, you know, uh, the 2000s. When I was in the Marine Corps, when I went to the Marine Corps Imagery Support Unit, I had a great CO and uh, he gave me unreasonable tasks, uh, according to my gunnery sergeant, to actually learn how to uh, fix something that I had no training to do. Then if I figured it out, then he would send me to training. And so he sent me to uh, to do network security training, Cisco training, at that time, Sun Microsystems uh, training. 
Java training, SQL training, all of it. And so when uh, I was getting out in 2000, that was a perfect time to, <laughs> to actually um, leverage those skills uh, in outside of the Marine Corps. And so because I'd had such a hard time dealing with my first duty station uh, in Okinawa, where uh, it really didn't matter about how well I did. I had a non-commissioned officer that believed that women didn't belong in the military. And so I'd always get the lowest proficiency in conduct marks. When I went to my next duty station, it was like night and day better. But you can never be sure that the next one wouldn't be like that first one. And so if you sign up for a contract, it would be another three or four years. And I just didn't want to take on uh, that risk. So I decided to take my chances uh, in the commercial space. And so I got out and did uh, programming. I did some COBOL conversion to Java <laughs> as a consultant, which I had to teach myself. I didn't know COBOL. And then around the time the dot-com bubble burst right before, I actually started working in the financial services industry doing systems engineering, which was great fun. So we got to play around with technology that um, a lot of ISVs and startups were pitching to um, a lot of the brokers and we get to see how it broke, uh, <laughs> as well as if it's something we wanted to use. So that was very interesting and learning how um, to secure those environments, but also learning how to performance test and seeing how we could make something fail. Later, that just kind of evolved, uh, you know, into going back. I got called up in uh, 2003 for the uh, lead up to the war in Iraq. And so I got called back up. <laughs> A little interruption in the career path. Uh, to report to active duty again for the liberation and enduring freedom. And then when I got out again, I went to be a consultant to help lead um, a Fortune 500 company with their governed migration uh, into AWS, <laughs> of all places. And because at that point, I, you know, from my application development background, I knew you could deploy everything into AWS without having to use the console, everything scripted. And uh, from that, then I was recruited to be a CISO of an ISV. And so because I had that experience, both on a system engineering, but also software development and um, understanding uh, data analysis and data privacy, really helped when I stepped into that role as a CISO to really understand how all of those different things come together to really understand the risk to help our software that we were deploying meet our requirements of our customers, but improve that security posture. When I was a CISO, I was uh, speaking with a group and they're, they, you know, what I tried to get across to them was don't do it because it's your job to protect this, the company's IP or to uh, reduce the number of vulnerabilities. Do it because the fact that your software that you're deploying is a line of defense to protect your grandparents' data 
your aunt's data, your mother's data, people that won't be able to get their identities back uh, because they don't understand what happened. So whether you're developing networks software, whether you're developing application software, uh, whether you're developing something that might be a video telco type of software, each of those could be a part of a supply chain. You could actually protect people better as just an AppSec team member uh, helping protecting people's data than sometimes um, uh, a policymaker might be able to do in a government role. I do feel um, good about the things I've overcome, but I also don't want it to be so hard for the next person, if that makes sense. I don't want them to have to have those same struggles uh, to kind of overcome any perceptions that someone might have due to their, their gender or their background. What we can do to really help people not face those kind of uh, barriers, I think, is incumbent upon us all. This episode is brought to you by Palo Alto Networks, the leader in cybersecurity. As AI-driven attacks increase, organizations can't afford to have network security that's stuck in the past. Discover how Palo Alto Networks can help you predict what's coming and proactively secure against it with a zero-trust, AI-powered network security platform built to secure whatever, whenever, wherever. To learn more, visit paloaltonetworks.com slash network security platform. Network security platform.